0: Hello oh, and uh, welcome to an extra edition of Econo Day Unplugged. It's Thursday the 16th of December and following a raft of central bank announcements on Wednesday and earlier today we thought it might be useful to provide a short update of what's been decided. Terry Sheehan is on the U.S. East Coast. Jeremy Hawkins in London. Okay, Terry, the Fed got the ball rolling yesterday. So, what were the key takeaways, and was there anything to change your view of prospects for the U.S. economy or indeed policy in 2022?
1: There wasn't much that's going to change my outlook, but the Fed definitely took the most aggressive path in terms of reducing asset purchases at least for January. They left it open whether they're going to do it at the another 30 billion a month into February and March, but it looks like they will. Um, and their summary of economic projections as expected showed that they do expect to start raising rates next year, probably in the second half, um, with as many as three possible rate hikes of 25 basis points each. So um, for the Fed at least, and what based on what Chair Powell said yesterday, um, the Fed is looking for it to reach its maximum employment mandate in the relatively near future, and they are being a lot more proactive about addressing the current inflation situation. So it's a fairly hawkish Fed looking into next year.
0: Okay, good stuff. i am going to ask you, was there any kind of information on their thoughts about Omicron and what damage that might or might not do to the real economy or indeed to inflation?
1: Well, as expected, they said they were watching it carefully. Um, Powell has previously said and reiterated yesterday that the successive waves of Uh, These COVID variants um, are having less and less direct impact on the economy um, as businesses and consumers adapt their behaviors and vaccinations slowly creep up. Uh, So although they see that as an increased risk to the outlook, um, I don't think they are as alarmed about it as uh, they might be.
0: Okay, must I? Has it been? I perhaps too early to pick it up in the data yet, but certainly looking at some of the the PMIs we had had out of uh, Europe today, there were some hints amongst the uh, the surveys there that uh, that the increase in COVID, and this really was before Macron was pretty well picked up. does seem to be impacting certainly parts of the economy and and some businesses. Certainly, overall sentiment, anyway, has come has come off well, well come well off from its highs. So, is there any kind of indication like that from your side?
1: Um, So far, we've got a few early surveys of manufacturing and services out of some of the district banks of the Fed. Um, Actually, it looks like most of them are continuing to anticipate modest to moderate expansion. So um, it's actually not looking like the immediate impact is very great.
0: Okay, let's hope it stays that way. Um,
1: okay, anything else from your side? Uh, no, the the one thing that was perhaps a little bit disappointing this week was that uh, the data on November retail sales was a bit softer than expected. Uh, but it may not have fully captured the relatively late timing of the Thanksgiving holiday here and therefore the start of the, the winter shopping period. So we may see some upward revision in that next month. But um, there may also be some questions about seasonal adjustment factors and shifts in consumer spending patterns. So it's it we have to wait for a little more data before we make any determination on that. Um, I'm looking forward to some of the GDP now casts that – The district banks put out late in the week, Um, but it does look based on the one Atlanta updated yesterday that uh, its forecast was down almost a full percentage point. So Mm. um, I suspect we're going to see a great deal of moderation in the early anticipation of growth for the fourth quarter here.
0: OK, interesting stuff. And, and where would we be without seasonal adjustment? OK, to Europe then, there's been a fair bit going on today. So just to summarise, um, ECB, the European Central Bank, no change in rates or quantitative easing for now. But of course, uh, the key issue was always going to be what they had in store for 2022. So with regards that, the end of the pandemic emergency purchase programme, their main quantitative easing arm at the moment, the PEP, that has confirmed for March 2022. Um, before then, the, uh, the current PEP purchase rate of around, what, it's about €70 billion Euros or so a month at the moment. That will be tapered, so in the first quarter. But the reinvestment period for principal payments from maturing sub- securities, that's been extended until at least the end of 2024. So that's an extra year they've got of that. Uh, the ECB also pointed out that PEP reinvestments could be adjusted flexibly, well, across time asset classes and jurisdictions at any time. And indeed, that the PEP itself could even return if needed. So, what happens to the hole left by the end of PEP? Well, that's going to be partially filled by a temporary increase in purchases made under the old long standing asset purchase program, the APP. Uh, that's the other quantitative easing arm. Currently, it stands at 20 billion a month, a target for that one. And that will be hiked to 40 billion euros a month in the uh, second quarter of 2022, so after the PEPs ended, and uh, 30 billion in the third quarter. It will then then revert back to an open-ended 20 billion thereafter. Crucially, I guess in terms of the overall thrust of policy, the updated Eurozone inflation forecast that shows inflation at the end of the forecast period in 2023 and 2024 still below its 2% medium-term target, and that then gives uh, the justification that the ECB needs for what is ultimately still a very accommodative stance. Um, indeed, I guess you could take taken literally suggest that the latest inflation uh, forecast suggests policy is even too tight. So I guess bottom line today then for the ECB is it's, uh, the announcement where it pretty well reflects, I guess, a compromise between the Hawks, who were worried that extending the PEP might make it a permanent feature of policy. Of course, it is only really there supposedly to address uh, COVID. And the Doves, who were worried about the potential hit to financial conditions that the loss, the loss of PEP quantitative easing might entail. As it is by boosting the APP purchases, that should satisfy the dubs, since essentially it just amounts to an extended phase withdrawal of the PEP. Indeed, with guaranteed purchases for an extra six months or making the increase only temporary, actually at least appease most of the hawks, if not all. And in fact, it should be pointed out that today's decision, although we don't know the vote, um, was not unanimous. Bottom line, though, is that ECB policy is going to remain much more accommodative than most other major central banks in 2022. And talking of less accommodation, uh, the Bank of England kind of surprised the market. I think, as we mentioned in Tuesday's podcast, uh, the market call and what was going to happen today really with lack conviction. But uh, ultimately, I guess it was for no change. Well, the bank came out and hiked its bank rate by 15 basis points to 0.25 percent. So that's what the first increase we've seen there since August 2018. The vote was eight to one with only the external member, Silvana Tenreiro, the sole dissenter, and she wanted to see no change. In terms of quantitative easing, well, the 895 billion ceiling there, uh, that's almost been reached. Uh, It should be finished, uh, well, reached, I should say, within the next week or so. Uh, A decision not to adjust that was, not surprisingly, a unanimous 9-0. So in terms of the rate height, well, that really just reflects the fact, I guess, that inflation is far too high and the damage maintaining a steady policy might do to BOE credibility. Uh, Clearly, the increase to date has been much faster than expected. And in fact, the bank's now revised up its forecast for inflation to fully 6% in in April next year. So that's the best part of a full percentage point on it since the last meeting. It also reflects the fact that the labour market's been holding up surprisingly well after the end of the uh, the government support programme. In September. But it's got to be said, it's pretty well a bold move as COVID cases in the UK are now at a record high. Uh, the doubling time of the new Omicron variant has fallen to less than two days in most of the UK as well. And so all we'll put all that little lot together and it's got to increase the likelihood tighter and ultimately economically more damaging restrictions at some point. So the economic outlook is very uncertain. And today's action, I'd guess, is unlikely to uh, to lead to a period of aggressive rate hikes. In fact, the bank has uh, trimmed its fourth quarter GDP growth forecast again, uh, this time by half a percentage point to just one and a half percent now. And is a bit concerned about the first quarter as well, by the look of it. Still net. I guess we can say that today's move shows the bank is prepared to stick its neck out on policy, at least a little way anyway. Uh, The next meeting will be on the 3rd of February when we'll get a new monetary policy report. Um, And we could see another increase then, I guess, unless the economic damage caused by Omicron is particularly bad. Well, of course, it's always worth remembering that more medium term Omicron could well boost inflation uh, because of the damage it does to uh, supply chains. Um, sticking with Europe, then the Swiss National Bank, well, there were no shocks in terms of interest rates. The key deposit rate was left at minus 0.75%, which is very much in line with market expectations. But there was something of a surprise on the central bank's currency assessment. Uh, which was unchanged from September's monetary policy assessment uh, when it was described as highly valued. Now, what they could have done there, given current levels which are extremely strong, uh, they could have changed that to something like overvalued, as they've used in the past when they've wanted to signal that they're particularly unhappy uh, with where the currency is trading. Now, I mean, current levels of the franc I are mean, well above what used to be thought of as the SMB's pain threshold. Um, but intervention in recent weeks really has been relatively muted compared to the sort of aggressive action we saw the last time these levels were hit over a year ago. So it may indicate that the bank has at least reluctantly accepted that the franc will continue to trade at stronger levels than it was previously prepared to tolerate. It did reiterate that it's uh, prepared to intervene in the foreign exchange markets as necessary in order to counter upward pressure on the currency, but that was only to be expected anyway. I think the takeaway here is that the market may see today's announcement as a green light to test still higher levels of the franc over coming months. Um, what else we got quickly while we're here? I should just mention, in terms of Europe anyway, the Norges Bank. So, out of Norway, they hiked for a second time in the current cycle, raising rates by a further 25 basis points to 0.5%. And that's in the face of a recent huge increase in new, new COVID cases in Norway. Um, in fact, it's interesting because it seems as if the arrival of Omicron has had no impact on their projected path for rates, which they see peaking at about 1.7% at the end of 2024. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can stick to that profile if we do see cases continue to rise as quickly as they are at the moment. Okay, well, that probably sums up most of what's been going on, I hope, for the central banks over the last day or so. Terry, any last words from you? No, I think you've got it covered. Excellent. That's what we like to hear. Well, that's it then for our central band up this week and indeed for our podcasts in what's been a fascinating year for financial markets, albeit not necessarily for the best reasons. We're taking a couple of weeks off, but we'll be back early in January. We hope to see you then. So thanks for putting up with us in 2021. And do remember, you can always keep up to date with all the key market moving data and events in Econoday's global economic calendar. On behalf of the whole Econoday team, have a great Christmas, a happy, safe, and hopefully profitable 2022. Bye for now.